Welcome to the New Vine Lakes podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message by Pastor Steve Troyer and that as you listen, your faith truly does come alive in Jesus. This morning, uh, we've got limited time, but I feel like I've got a message that um, will land enough that you can take it away and, and really process it. Uh, we're doing a series called No Longer Timid over the next number of weeks, and um, it comes from a scripture. I'm going to read to you the scripture. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse, we're going to start in verse 5 through to 8. And uh, in this passage, it has, it has a, um, an image that I want you to pick up. So let me just read. Paul, Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Say sincere faith. Uh, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and um, in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you. It sounds like it's something that Paul has spoken several times to Timothy, his son in the Lord. He says, I remind you to fan into flame. Say fan into flame. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. Amen. Does not make us timid. Tell the person next to you, it's time to not be timid. It's time to not be timid. He said, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. Amen. Verse 8, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. When I was a teenager, late teens, uh, my dad was the minister over on the west side um, of Newcastle in Wall's End. And something had happened at the time where they had heard about a revival that had happened overseas. It was in the Solomon Islands. I don't know if anybody remembers that. But there was a revival that happened over there. And uh, the Baptist Association, or in the Hunter area at the time, had linked arms with what was happening in the Solomon Islands. A number of them had gone across and been a part of uh, stoking revival and stirring up discipleship and that kind of thing. And so word had got back. Some of them came over. The Baptist Association had funded them to come over, and a number of the team from the Solomon Islands. And when they came over, uh, they asked a number of churches, would you have them and, and uh, allow them to share their testimony of what God was doing? This was a revival where there was healings. There was people uh, giving their life to Christ. They were seeing restoration in families. Uh, they were seeing people delivered from strongholds, all these kinds of things. So my dad, I don't know how he got the courage, but he, he did. He um, asked him to come and speak. Now my dad is a, or was a, he's uh, gone to be with the Lord 10 years ago. Uh, but my dad was a, um, a Baptist minister, very conservative, and uh, grew up um, in a, a fairly strict part of the, the estates um, where there was kind of this cessationist, uh, understanding of the Holy Spirit. Anything of the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit was no longer required. Can you imagine how boring that would be? <laughs> because uh, we have the Word of God. Okay, so that, that's how the thought went. So he's invited these guys along. Remember, revival has happened in the Solomon Islands. 
and he asked them to share. Now, I didn't know about this until later, but he told them, uh, you're free to share about all the revival that happened, but just don't share about the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that? Now, can you imagine for the Solomon Islanders, like revival has happened and they know it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's actually brought about revival. So you're telling us that you want to hear about revival, but not the one who brought revival. You're saying to us that you want to hear the song, but not sing it with us, right? And so anyway, they shared and um, towards the end, they began to give a altar call for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And mid-sentence, my dad gets up and listen, my dad loves the Lord. He loved the Lord. He had a relationship with the Heavenly Father. He knew the Holy Spirit, but he just did not know about the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. He gets up and he puts his his arm around the shoulder of the guy speaking, takes the mic from him. And as graciously as he could, he said, we're going to be closing our service and uh, we're going to pray. And so then he wrote a letter to the church to tell them why and so on, right? So that's what happened. Oh, is this close (laughs) to hearing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit at that age? It wasn't until years later that I found out about it. And uh, listen, it was the reason for the revival. I'm getting stirred up at the moment about revival. We've got that poster on the back. Revival is here. And it's not a statement of wish. It's not a statement of uh, as in an atmosphere. It's a statement of what God is doing in you. It's either true or it's not. I've been reading T.L. Osborne. If you want to get messed up, read his stuff. Watchman Nee. Any Watchman Nee fans? <laughs> T.L. Osborne, he was saying that um, uh, in the back end of his book, Healing the Sick, he says he was in South America. And in South America, um, there was this one place. They, they knew that the stadium wouldn't hold all the people who wanted to come. And he was a healing evangelist. So you can imagine people are expectant. They're going to see healing. Uh, they're going to meet uh, Lord God. There's this uh, sobering moment. And so the leading officer of the police force, teed up with the radio. Let's put it on live to the radio so that it's free uh, to anyone who wants to hear it. So midway through the, the um, crusade, the officer thought, I'll go for a drive around and just see if it's working. And as he's driving around, he notices the whole city has stopped. Homes, the doors are open in the homes so that people can hear the radio for those who have got a radio. People are crowded around a car to hear the radio in the car. And people are getting healed in the streets. He's, he's driving back to the police um, uh, main office going, it's working, it's working. People got healed in the streets. And so, so many testimonies came out of it. Just broke my heart. God, do it here. Reading uh, about where he, he went to Indonesia. Some of our team have been to Indonesia, to West Timor. He went to Surabaya. Or as Liz affectionately says, Surah runs by you. Um, to uh, Jakarta. And in this place at the time, it was in the 50s, uh, they found themselves amongst predominantly Muslim people. And it cr- they crowded in to hear about this one called Jesus because they had heard what Jesus does today. I tell you what, when there's revival, there's always signs and wonders that accompany the gospel. And so as he goes to preach, he gives the uh, altar call for people to receive Christ and most of the hands go up. Can you imagine that? Amongst the Muslim people, most of the hands go up. 
And then as he begins to uh, share about Jesus who heals, he prays for those who are sick. One young man who was uh, a Muslim, his dad said, you're not going. Now this young guy, he was 12 years old when he had an accident. And his right leg, the nerves uh, were hit in such a way that the, the leg didn't grow as the rest of the body grew. So he became 14 years old by the time that there was uh, this conference. And in the, he, he said to his dad, I want to go. His mum said, um, I want to take you. And his dad said, no, if you go, um, you know, there's going to be hell to pay, basically. And uh, so happened that their dad actually went out while the conference was on and they realised we can sneak away. Now, you have to know, this guy, his leg, his right leg was shorter than his left by five inches because it didn't grow as he went through puberty. And so he had an elevator shoe. And also his bones were um, uh, cancerous, like they they'd become brittle. And he'd broken his good leg several times. So he had a callister over his legs to keep it from uh, breaking. He gets to the conference and he hears about Jesus. Midway through just hearing about Jesus, he thinks to himself, this Jesus is going to heal me. Takes off his callister, takes off his elevator shoe, and then instantly he gets healed. His leg grows out and he jumps up and he's celebrating and they hadn't even done the prayer yet. Well, he gets up later on to give his testimony and walks up on stage with his callister in his hand and also his elevator shoe And T.L. Osborne thinks uh, it must have been somebody else. Until he asks the question, he says, it was me. My leg grew out. My legs were healed. This is, I'll tell you what, it just stirs me up. Watch my knee. He says, somebody who uh, is full of Christ, who's full of the Holy Spirit, when they preach, they don't just preach about Christ, they preach Christ. The Spirit doesn't just light up on people, he explodes on people. I'll tell you what, that happened last night. Didn't it? Yeah, everywhere. It's carnage everywhere. Had to walk over bodies. Holy Spirit just exploded upon people. I read things like that and I'm like, God, I know I've got a long way to go. I know that there are things that you're wanting to do in me. Maybe you're in the same boat. Uh, there's one, one question to ask. You might ask this of yourself and I could ask this as well. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? But there's another question to ask. Am I full of the Holy Spirit. And if you're having trouble answering that question, you might ask another question. Am I full of everything of Jesus in me? Everything I saw of Jesus, the full anointing that was on Jesus. Am I full of that? Well, just read through the Gospels, you become dissatisfied, right? Because what you read of Jesus, you see, he had an expectation that when he walked into a space that uh, people were going to get healed. He had an expectation that people would get set free and delivered. You see, when I pray with people, I realize there are times where I pray with people and I'm like, God, I don't know whether you're going to heal this person. Now, it's not because God won't heal or can't heal. It's simply because I become uh, at a space. Now, listen, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you know. You're expectant. You know He's going to move. When the disciples were full of the Holy Spirit, they just like they burst out ready to go and tell people. You can't help but tell people. You can't help but share about what God has done in you, the transformation, the, uh, the download of his love upon you, the manifest presence upon you, the uh, healing of the sick, the uh, casting out of uh, evil spirits, delivering people from strongholds. 
expectant in prayer, hearing the Lord speak to you. When you ask the question, is Jesus full in me? You might find yourself in a very similar circumstance. God, I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Do you know, it's possible, it's possible to have a faith in Jesus and not be full of the Holy Spirit. So we find ourselves in a letter written by Paul to his son in the faith, Timothy. And firstly, he remarks, Timothy, I found you as one who is in sincere faith. Your faith was one that was uh, alive in Christ. You were repentant. You surrendered yourself to him. You desire to be obedient to him. It's a good starting place, Timothy. Then he goes on to say in verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame. What reason? Sincere faith. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God that you received with the laying on of my hands. What's the gift of God? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. He received it from the laying on of hands from Paul. And he's saying to, to Timothy now, be fully aflame, be fully ablaze in the fire of God. I want you to listen to, uh, I wrote this down so I could remember it by Watchman Nee. Um, you might get sick of me quoting from Watchman Nee. But here we go. The indwelling Holy Spirit is received at the time of regeneration. But the filling of the Holy Spirit comes thereafter through a continual seeking. Say continual seeking. And then he goes on to say, Each believer has the Holy Spirit, yet not all have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Timothy, fan it into flame. It's just gotten cold enough for us to put our fire on upstairs. Anyone have a fireplace at home? And uh, I love getting the fireplace going. It's it's great to look at. You can look at it for hours on end. But when you first start a fire, as you're familiar, I'm sure you've started a fire before. Any pyromaniacs here? I've got one here in the front row. Um, <laughs> and when you start a fire, you, you TP it. You um, get it ready. You might even use some you know, starter uh, fluid. I think that's the laying on of hands, maybe. Um, and then, then as you get it started, there is this sense you have to keep a focus on it for the next 10 to 20 minutes to make sure that it doesn't just fall in a heap. You rekindle it if you need to. You blow on it if you need to. There is an attention to the fire that you're building, yes? So when you're building that fire, uh, you're actually putting uh, your full attention onto it, coming up into a full flame. Even after that, you keep checking back on it to make sure that it has enough timber on it, that it's stacked in the right place. You might even put a poker in to reposition it so that the timber will actually get the most oxygen into that fire. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. There is an attention to it. Uh, Paul says later on in chapter 2, verse f uh, 4, he says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. What is he saying? Here is the soldier, the athlete and the farmer. 
the soldier says, I'm not placing my focus on civilian affairs. I'm taking my full attention onto the things of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the athlete is saying, I'm going to compete by the rules. I'm going to keep within what God has called me to do. I'm going to keep to the will of God. I'm going to keep on serving Him that way. I'm going to keep my eyes on the end, uh, on the end t- um, tape of, of my run. Do you know a runner... Uh, will imagine ahead of time winning the race. Their focus is completely fixed on it. So much so, I was watching, uh, I don't know if I want to say this now, SAS, and um, he was a runner on there as one of the, um, as one of the uh, contestants. And he, he said that when he would go to compete, he would stay in a hotel and he would cut off ties to all of his family until he actually competed. There was an attention, a focus drilled in on until he had actually competed and won that race. The hardworking farmer, he doesn't select when to sow the seed. He looks for the right time to sow the seed. He doesn't select when to harvest. He doesn't say, not today, three weeks from now I'll harvest because I've got things to do. No, he says, it's ready now. Who's going to come with me and harvest? There is an attention to the things of the Spirit. Listen, when it comes to the Holy Spirit and fanning the flame, there is an attention to the Holy Spirit. Are you full of the Spirit? You see, your life group leader can't fan the flame. Your uh, marriage partner can't fan the flame. Your brother or your sister or your parents can't fan the flame. Your pastor can't fan the flame for you. Paul says, Timothy, you fan the flame. This is your job. It's not anyone else's. You fan the flame. You become full of the Holy Spirit. I've already imparted it to you. You can be completely sincere in your faith and not be fully ablaze. He says, you fan it into flame. Come into it. Do you know, if we looked at, if we had time, we'd go to Ephesians 5, where he says, don't be drunk on wine, but be... Uh, filled, and this word filled is like a continual feeling. Be filled continuously with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a once-off. You might say, once I, I remember when I was fully aflame in the Holy Spirit. I remember when I had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember when there was tongues and every night I couldn't stop but pray. I couldn't stop but give uh, my attention to the Holy Spirit. But what about now? Are you fully aflame now? Church, if we want to see revival... If we want to see people led to faith, if we want to be a a people who partner with Hope Street, with other mission partners, to see the kingdom of God come. You see, it's one thing to give towards the kingdom. It's another to say, I'm giving myself completely to the kingdom of God in me. Amen. I don't know if I can press this down hard enough, but I want you to be fully aflame. I said to our elders, you've got to be a fully aflame. You've got to be. Don't just stand around watching others. You've got to be full of flame. Okay? You've got to be full of flame. You sitting here, you online, right now, you press in. This is his to do. Now, he goes on to say, for the Spirit, and we'll finish with this, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, no longer timid, but gives us power, Love and self-discipline. This word self-discipline 
It's translated sometimes self-control or even a sound mind. Power of God, it's the hands of God. It's the, uh, the authority of God. It's healing signs and wonders. The power of God, the hands. Love, it's the heart of God. A sound mind is the mind of God. You have been given with the Spirit the hands, the heart, and the mind. Amen? Isn't that good? You have been given the hands, the heart, and the mind of God. Now, if you know you have the hands, the heart, and the mind of God, when you walk into a room where there is need, and you see that in the midst, you're like, God, you're going to move. God, just tell me what you're doing. I'm going to step into it. God, show me your heart for these people. Give me a compassion. Do you know there are some people you come across and you're just like, God, I don't know how to have compassion for that person. Spirit of God, he takes you from a a timid state and takes you into power, love and a sound mind. Do you know, uh, timidity is actually one of the, the biggest testers to know that you're not full of the Holy Spirit. Ouch. If you're feeling timid, just follow what Paul said. Fan it into flame until you have the revelation of his power, his love, and sound mind. Let me just read this last verse. I did say that the other verse was the last one, but I was lying. It's actually this one. Um, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, um, his prisoner. Do you want to just read this next part with me? Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. This is a really important part. You know, we might like, you know, if the worship team could follow you for the rest of the week <laughs> and you go into your office and somebody, um, you know, they really annoy you and then all of a sudden you hear the worship team and you're like, yeah, God, I've got compassion for them, <laughs> right? If they could do that, then that'd be great. But there is something about suffering, right? You actually have to be broken, for the Spirit of God to come and move in you. The breaking of a person is really important. The breaking of a person says, God, I surrender everything and I'm willing for my name to be trudged through the mud. I'm willing for uh, my reputation to be questioned. I'm willing to lose that promotion that I, I could go after if I played it in the politics that others play it. I'm willing to let go of that friendship, even though uh, I feel like, will I ever find another friendship like that? I'm willing to even say no to certain things. There is a suffering that takes place as you step out. I can tell you the amount of times I've stepped out to pray for the sick and then not seen somebody healed. You've got to have some pretty thick skin, which comes back to, Jesus, I know who you are. I want to keep on coming back to who you are. I know that's going to cost me something. I know that I'm going to step out and there's going to be times where I don't see you come through. But you haven't changed. You're calling me deeper into the revelation of who you are. You're calling me into the depths of being fully ablaze in you. And so there's suffering. He says, join me in suffering. You know, uh, for Paul, we look back at him and we think, wouldn't it be great to be paired with Paul? All the amazing things he did. But in his day, it wasn't so great. His name was trudged through the mud. He was in prison. A lot of people said he's there because of his own, uh, his own sake. He's, he's done this to himself. 
Um, he, he won't bend on certain things and so on and so on. And so he says to Timothy, share in the suffering with me because when you step into the gospel, when you send, step into the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you'll find yourself in a place where it's going to cost you. You've got to be prepared for the cost. Okay. just want to tell you one last story. It's the last story of the last stuff that we were finishing up on. So... Um, my cousin, some of you have seen my cousin, uh, I did an interview with him earlier this year, Aaron. He's a few years younger than me. Uh, he's just gotten a revelation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I get a cheer for that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a number of years ago, when I was with him, uh, about four, four years ago, I think it was, uh, we were with him, I was telling him about all the healings we saw, the prophetic words, all that kind of thing, the move of the Holy Spirit. And he's thinking to himself, he didn't say it out loud, but he's thinking to himself, because he told me later, that's how I know. He said, um, uh, yes, yeah, Steve, that's for you. That's not for me. Or, yeah, that might have been your experience. Maybe it was to do with just coincidence. It wasn't actually the Holy Spirit. Steve, you're just emotionalizing things and so on, right? Then uh, he ends up journeying with three other guys and uh, uh, the, all of them are in a very conservative. They're in Michigan. It's like the, the Bible belt of, um, of the U.S. on that northern side and uh, it's very conservative right through that area I actually heard when I was there there was this undertow of we want the Holy Spirit but no one really knew how to get the Holy Spirit it was this desire but not really knowing how to uh, work on it and anyway so my cousin he ends up reading a book by Jack Deere D-E-E-R-E Jack Deere called Surprised by the Holy Spirit Jack Deere was a um, theological uh, lecturer and uh, in a very conservative, I think it was a Dallas um, seminary that he was in. And uh, he ends up realizing as he's studying scripture, actually the conservative view that I had is very different. Um, when I'm reading the scripture, I'm realizing it's not, it doesn't actually accurately stack up to the scripture. So he, he ends up going down this pursuit and he ends up with a baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and uh, is just fully ignited in the Lord. So he writes this book. My cousin is reading this with his, his friends. And he, in the midst of that, he does his back in like really bad um, to the point where he, when he sits, he's in a lot of pain. When he stands, he's in a lot of pain. He's driving home in a lot of pain. And he, he's about to call his friends to say, I can't come tonight because I'm in too much pain. When he calls his friend, his friend says, we've been reading Jack Deere. We should pray not really knowing what they were in for. So they pray. He gets instantly healed in the car on the way home. He gets out and he's testing it all out and he's like, I'm healed. He walks into the house. He says to his wife, Sarah, I think, I think I've been wrong about all this Pentecostal stuff and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think I actually believe. And she goes, oh, great. I've been waiting for you to, to finally believe. <laughs> Now, I can tell you, uh, as he started to walk into this, they started to see healings. They started to see uh, people um, prophetically, just like emotionally healed as they gave a prophetic word. Had one guy who came in to his house, he's in his soccer team, and now he's not, he's not even thinking, God, should I share a word? He's thinking, when do I get the chance? Right? And so he had a word of knowledge for the guy's knee. Talks to him, says, uh, you have problems with your knee? not knowing whether this guy had any affiliation with church or faith or anything like that. And he says, uh, no, I don't. And then his wife is nudging him, going, tell him, <laughs> right? Just tell him. I'm fine, I'll tell him. 
And then she says, it's actually his, his heel on his left heel is really bad. He's got a spur on his heel. He can't actually walk on his heel without getting pain. And so he walks on the, uh, the balls of his feet. And, um, and so uh, can you pray for his heel? He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and my, my cousin Aaron goes, yeah, absolutely. I'll pray for your heel. So he begins to pray for him. Apparently, he couldn't walk down the stairs forwards. He had to go down backwards. That's how much pain he was in. So he prays for him. He says, go test it out. Goes up and down the stairs twice because he had to check it out because he realized he'd been healed. Comes back in, I've been healed. And he goes, as I was walking up and down the, the stairs, I realized I do have pain in my right knee. I just, I've become so used to it that it just didn't register for me that there's an issue. So can you pray for my knee and also my other ankle? So he gets the full prayer and he's fully healed. Walks out the door rejoicing. And it's just a total change for my cousin. Evangelism becomes so easy when the power of the Holy Spirit is fully aflame. When the power, the love and sound mind. I want you to stand. And this morning, this is just the introduction to no longer timid. But I want you to make a commitment this morning to say, God, I'm, I want to participate. I realize this is where I'm at and this is where I'd like to be. This is who you've called me to be. And so this morning, I'm choosing to make a step of faith. I'm going to step in. I want to, I want to be fully aflame. I want to be one of those who just can't help but want to tell people about Jesus. I, I, want, to, I want to be in situations where I don't shy back from praying for the sick or from asking about uh, the word of knowledge that God gave me for that person. If that's you. God sees your heart. No prayer can actually, my prayer can't do anything for you. You've got to draw down from heaven for this. And so you do that as I pray. Allow God to just really minister to you, no matter where you're at, where you're saying, God, I want to be fully aflame. Is that okay? All right, yeah, let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father God, there's no person who is uh, not able to receive what you have for them. Father God, maybe there are some things that some people are not willing yet to give up, not willing to surrender. Maybe they're at the place where it's still back to a sincere faith. Maybe they have a faith in you, but they're still... They're not quite sincerely following you. Father God, I pray for that person right now. And I ask that this morning would, there would be a transaction that takes place. Jesus, I'm willing to give you everything because I know that you want to fill me with your spirit. I've tried to live life in my own strength and I recognize I need your strength. And so this morning I'm making you Lord and Savior. Others of us, we know we've, we've got a sincere faith. We stand alongside Timothy. And we're asking this morning, Father God, would you come and uh, would you stir my heart with what your heart stirs with? Would you come and bring an infilling of your Holy Spirit where everything becomes possible because I know you so well, where you become so intimate, so close, that your presence becomes so familiar that I walk in you with a full flame where I walk into rooms with an expectation, you're going to heal the sick. You're going to lead people to faith. Lord God, use me. Father God, right now, would you use us? I'm asking too. Would you fill me afresh? In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just a few more moments. I just want to give you this space for Holy Spirit to do His work. Thank you, Jesus.
This shouldn't just be a message that we listen to. It's one we participate in. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Fill us up. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more resources or to find out what's happening in the life of our church, head to newvinelakes.com.au or find us on social media.